the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. 570 WTBN Pinellas Park. Online at Let's Talk Faith.com. A service of the Salem Media Group. Portions of this hour have been pre recorded for broadcast at this time. Odyssey. The following program was pre recorded for broadcast at this time. Up next is Verse by Verse, sponsored by Verse by Verse Ministries. Paul gives us a picture of that world, that culture, that civilization abandoned by God, allowed to go its own way, given free reign to its impulsive desires to satisfy every want that it has. And the result is that Romans chapter 1 forms the most terrible description of man given anywhere in the Bible. There is no worse description of man. Welcome to Verse by Verse, a daily radio Bible class taught by pastor teacher Steve Kreloff. Pastor Steve has been the teaching pastor at Lakeside Community Chapel in Clearwater, Florida for over 26 years. In this extensive series of lessons, Pastor Steve is guiding us through the first three chapters of the Book of Romans. These chapters paint a dark but perfectly accurate picture of the human race without Christ. There's a story about a little boy having a temper tantrum. He was screaming, kicking the floor, even spitting. His mother told him, stop that. The devil's making you do that. The boy paused long enough to say, he might be making me kick and scream, but the spitting is my own idea. Well, no one ever had to teach a child to be bad. We all come up with that on our own. It is standard equipment, and hopefully our family and society help to control it to some degree. But only Christ can cure it. If you have your Bible, open it to Romans chapter 1, verse 18. Here is Pastor Steve with our lesson. Romans chapter 1, and the entire passage that we have been dealing with starts really at verse 18 and goes to the end of the chapter. So let's read that. For the wrath of God is revealed from heaven against all ungodliness and unrighteousness of men who suppress the truth in unrighteousness, because that which is known about God is evident within them, for God made it evident to them. For since the creation of the world, his invisible attributes, his eternal power and divine nature, having been clearly seen, being understood through what has been made, so that they are without excuse. For even though they knew God, they didn't honor him as God or give thanks, but they became futile in their speculations and their foolish heart was darkened. Professing to be wise, they became fools and exchanged the glory of the incorruptible God for an image in the form of corruptible man and of birds and of four-footed animals and crawling creatures. Therefore, God gave them over in the lust of their hearts to impurity that their bodies might be dishonored among them. For they exchanged the truth of God for a lie and worshipped and served the creature rather than the Creator who is blessed forever. Amen." For this reason, God gave them over to degrading passions, for their women exchanged the natural function for that which is unnatural. 
And in the same way also the men abandon the natural function of the women and burned in their desire towards one another, men with men committing indecent acts and receiving in their own persons the due penalty of their error. And just as they did not see fit to acknowledge God any longer, God gave them over to a depraved mind to do those things which are not proper, being filled with all unrighteousness, wickedness, greed, malice, full of envy, murder, strife, deceit, malice, or it really means maligning. They are gossip, slanderers, haters of God, insolent, arrogant, boastful, inventors of evil, disobedient to parents, without understanding, untrustworthy, unloving, unmerciful. And although they know the ordinance of God, that those who practice such things are worthy of death, they not only do the same, but also give hearty approval to those who practice them. A number of years ago, the Minnesota Crime Commission came out with the following statement, and I quote, Every baby starts life as a little savage. He is completely selfish and self-centered. He wants what he wants when he wants it. His bottle, his mother's attention, his playmate's toys, his uncle's watch. Deny him these once and he seizes with rage and aggressiveness, which would be murderous were he not so helpless. He's dirty. He has no morals, no knowledge, no developed skills. This means that all children, not just certain children, all children are born delinquent. If permitted to continue in their self-centered world of the infancy, given free reign to their impulsive actions to satisfy every want, every child would grow up a criminal, a thief, a killer, a rapist. End of quote. What the Minnesota Crime Commission says is true about infants is also true about society in general as a whole. If society is left to its own ways, its own desires, given free reign to its impulsive actions to satisfy every want, then every society would be characterized by thefts, murders, rapes, etc. Now, the Apostle Paul never read the statement that the Minnesota Crime Commission put out, but he understood exactly what they were saying because he understood the depravity of man. He understood the depth of man's sinfulness. He understood, in other words, the sinfulness of sin. In Romans chapter 1, he gives us a picture of pagan society abandoned by God. The heathen world, the world that, is, that has never actually opened their Bibles and read the word of God. The world that has never actually even heard of the name of the Lord Jesus Christ. That is pagan society. And Paul gives us a picture of that world, that culture, that civilization abandoned by God, allowed to go its own way, given free reign to its impulsive desires to satisfy every want that it has. And the result is that Romans chapter 1 forms the most terrible description of man given anywhere in the Bible. There is no worse description of man. Now, how did man end up this way? And I'm referring to the description throughout this passage. How did he end up this way? Being a murderer, envious, deceitful, malicious, all of these things. How did he end up this way? He has descended into a pit of immorality and sin and corruption. Man hasn't evolved. He's not getting better. He's getting worse. He's gone down. It's, it's been a spiraling down not an evolution. He has descended in a horrible plight, the ruin of man. How did it happen? First came rejection of the truth, and this is just by way of review. Verse 18, very quickly, verse 18 
The end of verse 18 says this, they suppress the truth in unrighteousness. Regardless of the fact that he has never actually opened the written Bible, he has never actually heard the specific name of the Lord Jesus Christ, he has suppressed the truth. He's rejected the truth. What truth is that? Nature, creation, the world around him, which is God's witness to him. Look at the, uh, look at verse 19, because that which is known about God is evident within them and to them, for God has made it evident to them. And he specifically explains, verse 20, for since the creation of the world, since God created the world, his invisible attributes have been evident. What attributes? His eternal power, divine nature. Any pagan, any heathen can understand that God is all-powerful. All he has to do is look at the stars. He can understand that God is orderly. All he has to do is, is look around him and see that, that nature cooperates. All he has to do is just get his eyes off of himself and see the glorious creation that God has made, and he'll see the glorious God behind that creation. It's, the Bible says in verse 20, it's been clearly seen, being understood through what has been made, so that they are without excuse. God has been speaking to them. God has been witnessing to them, not with the Bible, but with nature. So they have the truth. They may not have the, the whole truth, but they have enough truth that if they responded to that, they would eventually respond to the Lord Jesus Christ. God in his sovereign grace would make sure that that happened. Man rejected the truth. That's the first step down. Secondly, when he rejected God's truth, he had to rationalize his own truth. Actually, it's not truth, it's lies. He had to rationalize in his mind and come up and invent different thoughts to substitute for the truth that he's rejected. And that's verse 22. Actually, let's look at verse 21. For even though they knew God, it means they knew about God, they didn't honor him as God. They weren't thankful, but they became futile in their speculations and their foolish heart was dark, was darkened. Man turned off the light of God's revelation. And when he did that, he had to invent his own uh, rationalizing and own thinking. And verse 22 says, professing to be wise, they became foolish. It doesn't mean that man is stupid. It doesn't mean he's dumb. It just means in the area of morality, in the area of spiritual truth, man has turned God off and he's begun to rationalize. So he rejects the truth, then he rationalizes man's reason reigns supreme instead of God's word and God's revelation. That's the second step, rationalizing. Finally, he becomes religious. From rejection to rationalizing to religious. Verse 23, and he exchanged the glory of the incorruptible God for an image in the form of corruptible man and of birds and four-footed animals and crawling creatures. That final step in man's plight downward is that he, he begins to invent his own religion. Man becomes very religious. He becomes an idolater. So so what is the, the whole downward spiral? He rejects the truth. He invents his own ideas in place of God's truth, and he ends up inventing false gods to satisfy his inner longings to worship something. Man must worship something or someone. And if it's not the glorious true God, then he'll end up inventing false gods. Sometimes it's himself as he worships his own mind and his own thinking and his own accomplishments. And when pagan society gave itself over to idolatry, which is the final step in this downward trend, God gave pagan society over to its own sinful desires as just punishment for its rejection of him. 
God abandoned man. And that's the history of the human race. A people who really don't care about God. They may give him lip service. They may give a few thank gods in their conversation, but they really don't care about him. They neither reverence him nor do they obey him. And that's in verse 18. For the wrath of God is revealed from heaven against who? All ungodliness and unrighteousness of men. And we've gone over this. It means, uh, it means they don't reverence him and they don't obey him. I want you to turn your Bibles to Matthew chapter 24. And you'll see a little bit about what I'm talking. Now, I think this is a misunderstood passage of Scripture. Matthew chapter 24, verses 37 through 39. Let me read it, and then I'll explain it. For the coming of the Son of Man will be just like the days of Noah. For as in those days, which were before the flood, they were eating and drinking, they were marrying and giving in marriage until the day that Noah entered the ark. And they did not understand until the flood came and took them all the way. So shall the coming of the Son of Man be. Now, the Lord Jesus is describing the attitude of mankind just prior to his return. He's speaking of those uh, of that time period known as the Great Tribulation. And just prior to his return, he says, look, the days that will be then are just like the days of Noah. Just the same thing. Now, many believe that what Jesus is saying is that the days of Noah were characterized by wickedness, immorality, perverseness. But that's not what the Lord Jesus meant. Now, there's no question about it that the days of Noah were very wicked days. The Bible says that the thoughts of man were continually evil and wicked. But that's not really what the Lord Jesus is saying. What he's saying is that that mankind was involved in its normal routine. Mankind was involved in its normal routines. They were eating, nothing wrong with eating. They were drinking, have to drink. They were marrying, it's normal to get married. And giving in marriage, normal to be giving in marriage. What he's saying is that mankind was involved in its normal routine. They were going about their business as usual, in spite of the fact that Noah, the preacher of righteousness, was preaching that judgment was coming. In other words, what the Lord is saying is, look, pagan society has no regard for God. Life goes on as usual. They eat, they drink, they get married, they give in marriage, and they don't care about God. It is business as usual. They live their lives as if God doesn't exist. That's what the Lord is saying, and that is a good description of our age, of the age of the tribulation period, of Noah's age, because it is a description of pagan society who's turned its back on God and pagan man. You understand that America, for the most part, is pagan as well. Pagan society has no regard for the Lord. It's just business as usual. And when mankind turns its back on God, then God turns man over to do the things that he really wants to do. The things that are in his heart, just waiting to come out. This is God's way of punishing man. It's a judicial punishment which we've called the wrath of God displayed. God manifests his hatred of sin by, le- by turning man over to its own sinful way. In other words, God punishes sin by sin. Not God's sin, but man's sin. God lets man do exactly what he wants to do. And when man is, is so filled with, with moral 
filth and problems and sin, then hopefully, hopefully some out of that whole society, there'll be some who will recognize that they are hopeless apart from Christ. They are totally unrighteous. They have dug a hole so deep that they can't get out themselves. And they will turn to the only one who has the solution, the Lord Jesus Christ. That is the point, by the way, of this whole passage, and we'll see that later. But verses 18 through 32 is about the unrighteousness of the heathen. Next week, we'll see the unrighteousness of the hypocrite. But this is the unrighteousness of the heathen. And Paul centers his entire argument around one theme, and that is the wrath of God. The wrath of God. We said that we could divide this passage into, into, actually I said three parts, but we're going to see four parts today. The wrath of God defined. What is the, God's wrath defined? How do you define it? It's spoken a lot in the Bible. God's wrath defined is, is as his hatred for sin, his settled indignation towards sin. Not the sinner, but sin. God hates sin. Then we looked at the wrath of God deserved. And because man suppresses the truth, he deserves God's wrath. He is not innocent. He is without excuse, Paul says. Finally, the wrath of God is displayed. In verses 24, 26, and 28, there's the same expression, God gave them up. Because God hates sin, and because man deserves that manifestation of of God's hatred towards sin, so God manifests his wrath by giving man up. God's wrath displayed. And when society is given free reign to carry out its heart's desires, then it's characterized by two things, primarily two things. Verse 24 says this, Therefore God gave them over in the lusts of their hearts to impurity that their bodies might be dishonored among them. first thing that pagan society is characterized by any society that turns its back on God is sexual immorality. God delivers man over to his own evil passions, and the result is sexual uncleanness. And I told you last week that word uncleanness in its root form means filth. Filth. In fact, it's used in in other literature speaking of a grave. It's filth. And to prove how far man has gone in turning his back on God and and God letting man go his own way, the Apostle Paul mentions the vile sin of homosexuality. That's verses 26 and 27. For this reason, God gave them over to degrading passions. For even, we said last week, even their women, even the, the purer, more modest of the sexes, Their women exchange the natural function for that which is unnatural, and then the men, in the same way also the men, abandon the natural function of the women and burns in their desire towards one another, men with men committing indecent acts and receiving in their own persons the due penalty of their error. Sexual immorality. He's not speaking about everybody, but he's speaking about society as a whole. There's a second thing that characterizes pagan society. Not only does God deliver man over to the slavery of his own lust, but according to verse 28, and that's where we'll pick things up this week, all this has been reviewed. Verse 28, he turns society over to its own corrupt mind, a reprobate mind, a depraved mind. If you look at verse 28, let's start there. And just as they did not see fit 
to acknowledge God any longer. God gave them over to a depraved mind to do those things which are not proper. It's a sad thing, but the English translation of this verse doesn't convey, in my opinion, it does not convey the real force as in the original Greek language, which is what the New Testament was written in. And I want to explain to you what the real force is. The expression, did not like to retain, speaking of did not like to retain God in their knowledge, is a Greek word that means to put on trial, to examine, to scrutinize, to test something to see if it's worthwhile. So to put something to a test, put it on trial and then make a determination. The pagan world put God to the test. They put him on trial and they decided that he wasn't worthy of retaining in their minds. He wasn't worthy of having knowledge about him. Instead of regarding knowledge about God as precious, as they saw the truth about God in nature, they should have said it's precious because it reveals a precious God, a holy God. They refused to approve him as worthy, as being worthy to retain in their knowledge and in their minds. In other words, the human race put God on trial and rejected him as unworthy of retaining in their thinking. That's what the apostle is saying. And as a result of not keeping God in their knowledge, God gave them over to a mind that was worthless. The word reprobate in verse 28, or depraved, is the same root of the, of the expression did not like to retain God. It's the same root. A little bit different, but it's the same root meaning. And it means not standing the test, rejected after a trial. It was used of, in classical uh, Greek literature, it was used of metals that had too much dross, of coins that were too lightweight, of the earth when it was sterile. What Paul is really saying is that mankind tested God and rejected God. So what did God do? God turned man over to a mind that he rejected. In other words, since man didn't approve of knowing God, God turned man over to a mind that had been disapproved by God himself. Do you see that the irony of it? Man said, God is worthless. God said, your mind is worthless. It is corrupt. It is depraved. It is reprobate. God has turned pagan society over to its own corrupt, depraved mind. A mind that has been rejected by God. Why? Because it rejected God and proved that it was unworthy of God. And the result is that, according to verse 28, they do those things that are not proper. You know what that means? It means that there are certain things that aren't fit for men to do. God never created man to do these things not fit. It's not seemly. It's not proper. From a corrupt mind, a rejected mind comes improper, evil, wicked deeds. When man's mind has free reign, society is going to be characterized by a disregard for other human beings, a total exploiting people. We're glad you joined us today for another verse-by-verse Bible class of the air. Our teacher is Pastor Steve Kreloff of Lakeside Community Chapel in Clearwater, Florida. For more than 26 years, Pastor Steve has been serving at Lakeside, and now his expository, or verse-by-verse messages, come to radio through the work of Verse-by-Verse Ministries. We are a faith ministry, 
supported by the prayers and gifts of interested listeners who are first faithful to their own churches. Our website, versebyverseradio.org, is a great resource if you would like to hear any of our previous broadcasts. In fact, if you missed part of today's class, you will find it right there. We also offer a free podcasting service and a complimentary newsletter. Learn more at versebyverseradio.org. Our lesson today was the start of a three-part message dealing with the reprobate mind. It is part of a series of messages from the book of Romans about the wrath of God. If you would like to hear the entire message at one time, you can order a CD or a cassette by calling us at 727-441-1714. Leave your name and a number and we will return your call during weekday office hours so that you can place your order. That number again is 727-441-1714. Operation Market Garden in World War II was an Allied plan doomed to failure from the start. Yet the courageous men who attempted to carry it out never gave up until they were out of ammunition. At one point, the Germans sent a messenger to one of the Allied generals saying that the German command wanted to talk about surrender terms. Faced with overwhelming German firepower and manpower, the Allied general replied that surrender was out of the question because he didn't have enough men to guard that many German prisoners. His response was incredibly heroic. Yet that attitude of defiance is all too often directed at God. Three-star general Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal record to the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com.